My name's John Redmond, and I'm the associate pastor at First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. And I want to thank you for joining us today on Peace by Believing. And wherever you might be listening to this program today, I pray that things are going well for you and that they're going well for your family. And if you're facing a difficulty right now or facing a challenge, I just pray that God would give you an extra measure of His grace to see you through what you might be facing today. If you're if you're uh, struggling with something, I just pray that God would kind of get you over the, uh, over the hurdle and that God would get you to what He has for you next. But I just pray that all is going well. We're studying on these uh, broadcasts right now the Lord's Prayer, which is beyond the shadow of any doubt the most beautiful prayer that has ever been recorded. It is a prayer that Jesus taught His disciples to pray. And we're looking at the Lord's Prayer. It's in Matthew's Gospel and in Luke's Gospel. Matthew, though, has the more fuller version, and so we're studying uh, in Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer. And on today's program, we come to that petition, that part of the prayer, where Jesus taught us to pray, Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, If you choose to pray the Lord's Prayer each and every day, which I think is a wonderful idea and a great thing to do, when you come to each of these little phrases, uh, I'm just trying to give you enough thoughts and enough background on each of these petitions so that it will mean something to you. I mean, I know that it would mean something to you whether I taught on it or not, but so that it will even mean more to you. And so that when you pray, Our Father in heaven, that you would think about God is, you know, God is my Father, and He is in heaven, and so He is very much in control. And then, hallowed be Your name, and Your kingdom come, and Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then we get to this phrase: "Give us this day our daily bread." Now, I want to lay three thoughts on your heart today, as I have thought about this part of the prayer. And what did Jesus have in mind when He gave us this phrase? or this sentence, give us this day our daily bread. And the first thing is simply this, God is committed to meeting your needs. God is committed committed to meeting your needs, whatever needs you might be facing today. I want you to understand that God is committed to meeting those needs. Now, when Jesus said that we should pray, give us this day our bread, Uh, We know that bread is a necessity. It is not a luxury. People have to have bread. Talking about food, you can't live without food. And so Jesus was saying that we should pray and ask God to give us those things that we need. It's not a luxury. So the promise here is that God is uh, committed to meeting all of our needs. Think about what is being said here. Jesus, the Son of God, is telling us to pray to God the Father asking God to give us what we need. And so if you have something in your life that you need, now I'm not talking about a luxury. That wouldn't include a bigger house and a faster car, but it would include your basic needs, your physical needs, certainly your spiritual needs, your emotional needs. I think sometimes we have needs in our lives 
and we don't even think about those things as needs. In other words, I think sometimes a person may have a what they would call a situation. Like, for example, maybe today you are lonely. And so you think, man, this is a lonely time. Here I am all by myself and just lonely. And you don't even think of loneliness as a need, but it is a need. And uh, God promises to meet that need. He promises, first of all, to meet that need by giving you an unusual awareness of his presence. I mean, God has promised he is always with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. But also God meets our uh, need for companionship by bringing friends into our lives. That's what the church is all about, the local church. And wherever you might be listening today, I'll guarantee you there's a church somewhere close by to where you live. And the reason that church is there is because God knew that we needed each other in this thing called life, that we can't go through life all by ourselves. And so God is committed to meeting all of our needs. Others today, your your need, and, and again, you may not even be thinking about these things as needs, but you're just anxious. You're worried. You're uptight about something. You're stressed out. And you just think, you don't even think about that as a need. You just think about that as a situation or something you're going through. Well, it is that, but it's also a need because God doesn't want us to be anxious. He doesn't want us to be uptight. In fact, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. And so God doesn't want us to be anxious or anxiety. We're told to cast our cares upon the Lord. And so if you're anxious today or stressed out or worried, God wants to calm you down. God wants to quiet your nerves. God wants you to be relaxed. God doesn't want you to be uptight. And so you have the need for peace and calmness. And Jesus said, hey, that's what you're supposed to pray about. Give us this day our daily bread, the things we need. And so uh, there are all kinds of examples of things that we go through emotionally that sometimes we don't think of them as needs, but in fact they are. Now, if you have identified a legitimate need in your life in any imaginable way, you say, this is a legitimate need. I'm telling you this on the authority of God's Word. It is only a matter of time until God meets that need. It's not a matter of if God will meet that need. It's only a matter of when and how God will meet that need because the Bible says that God will supply all of our needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. That's in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19. I think of a verse in the Old Testament in Psalms 34, in, in the 34th Psalm where the psalmist said, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And so if there's something that you really need, if you are out of a job and you need a job, that's a legitimate need. If you don't have a place to live, well, God knows you need a place to live. That is a legitimate need. If you're lonely and you need companionship, both uh, from God and from others, that's a legitimate need. And God will meet that need. If you're anxious or uptight and stressed out, you have a need to be calmed down. God will meet that need. It's not a matter of if. It's only a matter of when and how God's going to meet that need. Some of you today, your need may be depression. You're depressed. You don't even think of depression as a need. You think of that as a condition. You say, man, I'm depressed. Well, it is a condition, but it's also a need because the person who is depressed has a need to have that cloud of depression lift off of his or her head and to uh, be free of that. And God will meet that need. Psalm 84 and verse 11, 
says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And so, God doesn't want you to be struggling with all these things. God wants to meet your needs. And that's why Jesus said that we should pray, Give us this day our daily bread. And so, that's the first thing that this prayer says to me, this part of the prayer, is that God is committed to meeting your needs. And friend, I just encourage you to be very encouraged today that God knows where you are. God knows what you're facing. God's going to meet those needs. The the psalmist said in Psalm 40, he talked about a time in his life when he was in a pit, and he said, I cried to the Lord, and the Lord heard me, and the Lord answered my prayer and delivered me out of that pit. And God wants to deliver you and God wants to meet the deepest needs that you have in your life. Now, not only is God committed to meeting our needs, God wants us, this is the second thought. Now think about the petition, give us this day our daily bread. You know what that says to me? That phrase, this day, those two words, this day, not a phrase, but just this day, that God wants us to live in the moment and not to worry about tomorrow. He wants us to live in this day and not to worry about what might happen tomorrow or the day after that or next week or in five years from now. Give us this day our daily bread. So twice in this request, he uses the words this day and then daily. So Jesus is teaching us to live in the moment, to live in the now. I've noticed in my life and I've noticed in other people When we start looking too far off into the future, we start wondering, well, what's going to happen, you know, when I get old? Or what's going to happen in a year from now? Or what's going to happen if I lose my job? Or what's going to happen if my spouse dies? Or what's going to happen if I lose my health? Or what's going to happen after I retire? Or what's going to happen after I graduate from college? Or what's going to happen? I think a lot of times when we get looking too far down in the future, that's the cause of a lot of our anxiety. I think a lot of our nervousness comes from speculating about what might happen because when we do that, we kind of move out into the world of, of what if. And I think the devil is the master of the what if game. What if you get sick? What if you lose your job? What if you run out of money? What if your spouse dies? What if you get evicted from your home? What if you don't have enough money to eat? What if, what if, what if, what if? And we get thinking about all these things. It's interesting to me, Jesus doesn't want us to live in the world of what if. Jesus wants us to live in the world of what is. And what is, is his presence, his grace, his provision. And yet, I think, just to be honest, a lot of times we have those thoughts run through our mind. I had an experience not long ago. I was visiting a nursing home here in Pasadena visiting one of our members whose husband had died, and she was about to move to another city, uh, into another uh, uh, nursing home where she could be closer to her daughter. And so I wanted to go see her before she moved, and I was walking down the hall to visit her, and I had this thought that ran, it just ran through my mind, and the thought was like, one day you're going to end up living in a place like this, in a nursing home, and you're going to be all alone, and nobody's going to be there with you. And when I first had that thought, it was kind of depressing. I thought, man, I don't, I mean, none of us want to have to go to a nursing home, and yet some of those facilities are so very nice out there. But I think the thing that kind of scared me when I first had that thought wasn't as much living in a nursing home as it was being alone. Uh, 
And I thought, man, that would just be, that'd be hard to, to live out the latter years of my life, you know, just by myself. And when I, had, when I was having that thought, it was like God just wrote a verse on my mind, and a verse I had been reading lately, and it's in, it's in Isaiah, and it's where God said this, even to old age, even to your old age, I will carry you. And to gray hairs, you know, I will be with you. And I'm, I'm misquoting that verse, I'm sure, but that's the, that's the gist of it. That's the paraphrase of it. And I just thought about that verse. You know, I may end up in a nursing home one day. I hope I don't. I hope I just have perfect health all the way to heaven. But uh, who knows? And I may end up alone, either in my house or in some facility like that. But the thought ran through. It was from God. God said, hey, even to your old age, I'm going to be right there with you. Even when your hair's turn gray, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to abandon you. And so we have to remember that even, I think the thing that gets us in trouble when we look too far out into the future, we're imagining a lot of different scenarios. And sometimes we imagine the worst case scenario. And when we do that, we don't have the grace of God that we would have if that actually happened. And so if for me to look off 50 years into the future and see myself in a nursing home all alone, that's kind of intimidating. But if that should happen, once I get to that nursing home and I get in my room, I would have the grace of God for that experience, for that season, for that time in my life that I don't have now looking at it. In other words, God's not going to give me tomorrow's grace today. God's not going to give me what I need 50 years from now right now. And so, see, that, that's what happens. We, we look into the future. We imagine all these things happening, and we say, oh, this is going to be so bad. But what we're not factoring into that speculation is the grace of God, the presence of God, all the promises of God, the provision of God. So that's why God just says, don't even go there. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble, Jesus said. Sufficient for the day. Don't think about, don't worry about tomorrow. Focus on today. And that's why Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. Now, I had an experience several months ago that has blessed my life. We had Bill Gaither and his uh, vocal band came to our church here in Pasadena, and they led us in a wonderful concert one night. It was one of the best nights we've ever had in our church. In fact, they're coming back uh, soon to be with us again, and we're so looking forward to that. But before he came to lead us in worship that night, I had gone online, and I was reading some things about Bill Gaither. Of course, I've been listening to his music uh, most all my life. He's uh, just been such a blessing to so many people. And one of the things that I read about Bill Gaither, he's in his 80s now, and yet he's fresh, he's sharp, he's in the moment, he's not uh, living in the past, and he's not worried at all about the future. And one of the things that I read about Bill Gaither, that he had told somebody in, in some interview, that he tries his best to always live in the moment, that he doesn't live at all in the past, and he's had a good past, but he doesn't live there, and he doesn't live in the future, although he expects God to do good things for him. He just lives in the moment, and did you know whether you're Bill Gaither, <laughs> somebody well-known like that, or somebody not so well-known, one of the greatest challenges in life is to live in the moment. I can think, think of times in my life where I have been maybe at a ball game or a movie or a restaurant or I've been somewhere physically, 
But I wasn't really there mentally and emotionally. Sometimes we get preoccupied or we're worried about, we're worried about something. And as a result of that, uh, we're not in the moment. And I never will forget, I would say 10 or 12 or maybe 15 years ago, I heard Ch- Chuck Swindoll, a godly pastor. Dr. Swindoll said that one of the greatest challenges in life is to live in the moment. And when he said that, I think the reason that uh, registered with me and resonated with me is because I think when I heard him say that, I was not necessarily living in the moment. I, my mind was, was somewhere else. And I just remember thinking, God, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able, if I'm at a ball game, to be at the ball game, mentally, emotionally, not just physically. And when I'm at church, I want to be there. And wherever I am, I want to live in the moment. And I never will forget one night, I was at a Houston Astros baseball game. And this was back in about 2004, maybe 2005. And I was sitting in my seat at the game, watching the game, talking to whoever I was with that particular night. And the thought just ran through my mind, John, you're in the moment. You're here. You're not only here physically, you're here mentally. You're here emotionally. Your mind's not wandering off into the future, what's going to happen. You're not worrying about anything. You're just trusting God. You're enjoying the moment. And that's how God wants us to live. He wants us to live in the moment. He wants us to live in the now. And so I say that to you to say, when you're with your family later on today, be with your family, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally. Be there with them. When you're at work, be in that moment. When you're watching a ball game, be in that moment. And uh, that's just a much, much better way for us to live our lives. And so when, when Jesus said, here's what you should pray, give us this day our daily bread, what he was saying is God is committed to meeting your needs, and if you have a legitimate need, God will meet it. But he was also saying God wants us to live in the moment, in this day, and not to worry about tomorrow. Just focus on breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Just focus on your work. Just focus on your family. Just focus on today. And if you'll stay in today and live in the moment, you'll have a better life. But another thing Jesus taught us really in this prayer by implication is that God is just as interested in meeting other people's needs as he is in meeting our own needs. He is. Did you know that God is just as interested in meeting your spouse's needs as he is in your needs? Your spouse has needs. Your children have needs. Your parents have needs. Your neighbors and co-workers, they all have needs. Your friends have needs. And sometimes we become so self-absorbed and so inwardly focused that we think we're the only people in the world who have a need. No, everybody has needs. And that's why Jesus said when you pray, say, give us this day our daily bread. Now, he could have said, when you pray, say, give me this day our daily bread. There's not anything wrong with that. He could have said that. But he didn't use the singular pronoun. He used the plural. Give us. Why? Because God is just as interested in meeting other people's needs as he is in meeting your needs and as he is in meeting my needs. And you know what? When you pray this prayer and you say, give us this day our daily bread, that word us if you pray it slowly enough and thoughtfully enough, is going to cause you to think about somebody, maybe not every day, but sometimes anyway this will happen, somebody who has a need. Maybe they need a little money. Maybe they need some food. Maybe they need some encouragement. Maybe they need a visit in the hospital. 
Maybe they need a phone call. Maybe they need a text. Maybe they need an, they need something. Maybe an email from you. And when you pray, give us this day our daily bread. You know what God's going to put on your mind? God's going to put on your mind that you can become the answer to that person's prayer. Think about that person. They're at their kitchen table, and they're praying, give us this day our daily bread. And when they pray that, they're thinking about physical, financial, emotional needs in their own lives. And so you're at your house, at your kitchen table, and you're praying, give us this day our daily bread. That little word, us, I believe God's going to use that word to cause you to think about somebody in your world whom you could bless and encourage and to whom you could become an answer to their prayer. And so keep your Keep your mind open. Keep your, keep your eyes open. I'm telling you, when Jesus gave us this petition in the prayer, give us this day our daily bread, he said a lot in a very few words. The Lord's Prayer, it's interesting, it really divides down into six different petitions. The first three have to do with the glory of God. The second three have to do with our basic human needs. And so when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we begin, our Father in heaven And then we focus on the glory of God. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we start out focusing on God. But then Jesus said, after you've done that, tell God what you need. If you need a job, tell him. If you need to be healed, tell God. If you need money, tell him. If you're depressed and you need to be delivered from that, or if you're fearful, you need to be set free from that, tell God what you need. Give us this day our daily bread. God delights in meeting our needs. Well, when you pray that, it is a reminder that God is committed to meeting every one of your needs. It's not a matter of if, only of when and how. That God wants us to live in the moment. Let's keep our eyes on today and not get too far out there in the future. Let's just enjoy the day that God has given us. Today is a present. And somebody has well said the reason that we call today the present is because it's a gift. And it is a gift. We may not even be here tomorrow. And so we should just be grateful for today. And then we should be mindful of the fact that God wants to meet other people's needs and not just ours. Now... Having said that today, let me ask you a question. What need do you have that you would like for God to meet? Do you need wisdom? Do you need uh, encouragement? Do you need uh, money? Do you need a job? What is your need? What do you need God to do? And I'm, I'm saying to you right now, the best thing you could do would be to take that need to God and ask Him to give you what you legitimately need. And, and he will. He has promised to do just that. Some of you listening today, your greatest need is salvation, the forgiveness of your sins. You need Jesus Christ to come into your life. That is all of our greatest need until we get it met. And so uh, if you've never received Christ, if you've never asked him to save you, would you just pray this prayer right now? Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you now, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me, and I trust you to do it. Welcome to my heart, Lord. Thank you that you'll never leave me. Begin now to make me the person that you want me to be. In your name I pray. Amen.
Well, friend, one thing's for sure. If you just prayed that prayer, God just answered it. And that means that Jesus Christ in the person of the Holy Spirit has come to live in your heart. Your sins have been forgiven and you are on your way to heaven. You will never be alone again because Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And so I just encourage you to get in a good church uh, where they teach the Bible, where they preach and teach that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Be faithful in that church. And I would encourage you to visit our website this week at peacebybelieving.org. That's peacebybelieving.org. We have archived sermons, lots of them. We have booklets that you can read, lots of them. And we have a place for you to contact us, and I wish you would. Tell us where you're listening from. Tell us how we can pray for you. We would absolutely love to hear from you. I hope you have a great week, and I hope you'll be with us next time on Peace by Believing.